I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. Welcome along to the GER. This is the hurling show. We're back, back to the hurling snobs. So, any of you have tuned out for the last four months without any hurling pundits, you can start coming back to us now again. So, Michael's here with me, and Cheddar's here as well. So, lads, I've missed you. I've missed you badly because it has to be pointed out that in the last four months, I have been the hurling expert on the panel. Now, now you're both laughing at that. Yeah. So. Conan and Connor are football snobs so I'm the only one that has any idea I've learned a lot in the last few years from me hurling pundits so there's been occasions on the football show or on the, on the GAR combined show where we hadn't really much of an idea we were talking about so um, we'd end up I'd look to the two lads and they'd just look back at me so one was Niall Deasy's goal against Ballygunner so it was a long ball and it went in off his hand and we were trying to we were trying to discuss whether this was a fluke or whether he actually tried to ricochet this into the net yeah. so that's the first one I'm going to hit you with just to, just to rewind a little bit uh, I thought fluke to be honest with you yeah like you know, it's not a, it's not a um, I don't think any forwards in the game would ever try and slap a ball in 
you do that with your hurl yeah you'd, you'd flick it with your hurl if the ball's coming in high woolly but uh, you'd very seldom see a lad trying to come in and hit it with his hand and actually you know? <laughs> yeah. so, it's a football it's flick yeah you, you might try and claim it but uh, I don't think it'll be ever done on purpose ok well I'll throw the other one at you um, Cheddar it was Adrian Mullins goal in the Leinster club final it was um, Ballyhill Shamrocks against Bally Bowden and he did a beautiful piece of skill that we we were told about it but we didn't realise how unique this was or how I didn't notice it at the time where he caught the ball with the wrong hand the hand that usually a hold at the end of the hurl Mm. And because I didn't notice in real time, I wonder: does this happen often, or was this a brilliant, uh, unique piece of skill by Mullen? I uh, know. Look, it, it is a brilliant, unique piece of skill, but it has happened before. DJ would have often done that. And I think Michael made the point earlier on. Look, it's the direction he was running in, and just says the skills, the skill this guy has to be able to take the ball. You're changing the position, and you're hurry to flick it in. Um, but look, it's not unusual, and certainly DJ would have done it regularly. And you know, maybe it came from DJ from his handball skills and yeah. that. You know, you're 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 used to hand to the ball and, and that and look a lot of coaching and training in hand to the ball uh, type skills there's a lot of work done in that now to change your hands and all, all the top coaches now will not allow you just coach your, 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 what you're comfortable with so I'm not surprised to see that I'm not surprised to see him doing it either um, you know he's done it at colleges levels so up along on that as well Yeah we might talk about his impact a little bit later in part two um, This weekend lads we have Wexford and Limerick is the big game on TG4 TG Cahar I get killed for saying four all the time by the Gale Goers <laughs> and we have Tipperary Clare on Saturday night on Air Sports so we're right back into the mix great games fantastic games and we're going to talk about that in part two but what everybody's talking about at the moment lads is Central Council approving a decision to raise the ticket prices for both hurling and football. Now, it's a 33% increase, lads. You're going from 15 to 20. So, And then online, it was 15. And if you booked online, it was 12. And now that's gone up by 25%. That's gone up from 12 to 15 if you book ahead online. Inflation is is one percent uh, cheddar. They're gone up thirty three percent and twenty five percent. It's a huge, huge hike. Now, in a weird way, we'll talk about this on the football show as well. I can economically, I can see in the hurling point of view, the game at the very top level, elite level, has never been better. Like under that, it's not it's not as good. But they haven't raised those prices. So coming no. off a great year to increase the prices, I can kind of see it a little bit in, in hurling, a little bit economically. In the football side of things, the game is not going well. Attendances are down. I don't think the right thing to do in that situation is to increase prices. But in the hurling thing, is it is it as contentious? Uh, I think, look, there's probably a couple of aspects to it, will you really? Um, you know, I think the media latch onto these things, to be honest with you, and I know you are yourself as well. Um, and so I, started, Pete, Pete, I see some media articles putting two and two together and latching onto Parky Keeve and Galway problems and all of these type of things. Um, and I think, you know, on a wider issue, I think the GA might do better at communicating, you know, where revenue comes in and where expenditure goes and that. Because um, if you listen to John Horn, and I have no reason to disbelieve him that, that, you know, the increase here is going to clubs. And I say a lot of clubs would welcome that um, so but I do think Willie that the the increase the, the problem I have with it is that it's for the league and just think about that for a minute I mean Cork are playing Kilkenny um, in Nolan Park uh, this weekend Leash are playing Galway so if you have a family from either of those two counties making that that journey it's you know it's a, it's a serious hit um, you know on, on a league day on a winter day when I might, I might struggle to go there anyway and that's even more difficult for the, the, the counties in the lower tier because you're not going expecting to win the matches so it might be easy for Cork to go but it's difficult for a Leash family to go to Cork yeah. as a sport team because you mightn't have your expectations of winning and look uh, um, I suppose all of the matches that you remember generally speaking have been sort of 
sort of underpinned by great crowds and great atmosphere at it um, and you know incre- an increase like that for the league in the middle of winter um, you know might decide that a family doesn't go and I, I just think that they should really consider the league I probably don't have a difficulty with the championship and with the All-Ireland that they are spectacles and certainly all the other sports at a comparable level are much much more expensive to go to and I would suggest much less entertainment um, so I don't have a difficulty probably with the championships I do think the GA should explain all of these revenue and that a little bit more I know to do because I know some journalists have cut their teeth into this and you know didn't find anything um, so I, I, I'm, I'm probably a little bit in, in, in the middle ground in this I think they should reconsider it for the league try and build support for games when it's difficult to go to and have good games and that and uh, you know maybe reconsider then for the championship and that Yeah maybe I do, t- I do find the clubs thing though like I mean they could increase them by 20 euros and say well we're giving it to the clubs and everyone has to mm. shut up because we all love club level we all love grassroots level I think that's quite cynical to immediately say well why can't it come somewhere else for the clubs instead of uh, throwing the expense onto onto people especially in the hurling lads we saw the Munster League last year revenue was up in the Munster League last year we had way more matches they were brilliantly attended I'm not sure they need to increase the hurling tickets at all Yeah well I, I think Chatter hit the nail on the head there Will you just communication like at grassroots level people will not see where this money goes like they, they won't know where it goes it's too like it's too shady where like you, you you won't see it you know and these are the people who go into games week in week out and like in the statements they released it's like increased grants for uh, club facilities and redevelopment and funding to to uh, county boards like that is that funding for inter county players who grassroots people won't will never see you know and that's I think that's the bitter pill to swallow for people that they just won't see it like if money goes to a county board the expenses for inter county teams now is so great and it's getting bigger and bigger every year. And are they willing to pay an extra five euro for a game to see that? And, they, and they'll never see it in their pockets or their yeah. clubs, you know. It's and that's the big yeah, question. No, that's just, it's just it's a big risk for them. Yeah, There's no absolutely. point in saying everything. Else. Now, John Fogarty did point out. Well, there would usually be no reason to disbelieve John Horan, but I think he was a little bit disingenuous when he said that they hadn't been increased in the la- since 2011, because John Fogarty on Twitter says it's the first review of ticket prices mm. since 2011 but it's absolutely not the first time tickets have been increased since 2011 he pointed out a good few occasions like the Ulster mm. Council went crazy last year on the Ulster Championship matches there were 35 euros mm. so it's not mm. fair to say this is the first time since 2011 I, I know but again just to get balanced there was John speaking about the league rather than the league and the championship I, I don't, I'm not yeah, sure I, I think season, season tickets have gone up since 2011 there was definitely yeah. he was able to disprove the 2011 um, yes. one anyway so, okay. so like I mean like, but John Horan is probably right in saying they ha- it's the first review since then. Mm, you yeah. know, so yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I, 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 think ju- I think just to, to, for me to finish on that point, I think Michael is right, and I think if it was a little bit more specific about where the money was going, particularly in the counties, because even you said that it's going to clubs in the counties, but you know, is it really, or where is it actually going to? I think if the community, at the end of the day, we're all GA people, yeah. the, the supporters that go and the people that look after the GA, we're all the one family. So, it's, so it's not a, a them and us we should be looking at. But I think that, that GA. You could explain it a little bit better and I think then people wouldn't have a problem and I think if it were specific that there were raising prices to improve the quality of the games in these counties whatever that is I think people would buy into it and would go with it Yeah okay fair enough um, like there's no relegation for the league this year lads before we move on like I mean I don't know what kind of an impact this has because Last year, I remember, we discussed in the preview show how much less significance the league will have 
based on the fact that you take a month off after it and then you come back into another league and that's mm. how it panned out yeah. you know everybody's looking back and they use the league to almost a dry run for the league which is the league championship mm. now now there's no relegation so there is still relegation from 1B so like the Leash and the Offaly and the Carlo will still have to mm. fight for their lives yeah. but in the 1A there's no relegation so next year it's going, the Hurling League is going to be restructured so 1A and 1B are going to be more fairly dis- distributed with the quality of teams because we know that 1A is stronger and it's just funny that the last two All-Ireland champions has come from 1B because I've always claimed that that's easier to be back there (laughs) and it was always the case no you need the hard games that's not how it's proved Mm. so anyways like I mean we know Davey loves going for the league and like will we see a watered down league Cheddar will we see Wexford who would have played their best 15 last year in all the games experimenting and is that going to you know is, is it going to affect the quality or even the interest in the league no, I don't think it is actually, Willie. Um, I think all managers and all teams will be looking at the league for, for different reasons. There certainly are a number of teams this year that need to perform well in the league for a number of reasons. One of them is just to gain momentum. Um, a couple of others need to refine, I suppose, the spirit in their squad and that and simply cannot start off with a couple of other defeats. And others need to settle their team and that. Um, so there's different, you know, in regards of whether there was relegation or whether there wasn't, managers were going to adapt the same policy anyway of what they were going to do with their team. Um, so I, I don't think it'll make that much difference. Probably what worries me a little bit more, and particularly as a leash man, and particularly just, I suppose, talking about the Offleys and the Carlos and the Westmeads that are this world, is what's going to happen next year. And, you know, is that going to be to the benefit of these counties? Yeah, because they well, if when it's restructured, they have no hope of making quarterfinals. Mm, then, like I mean, absolutely. that's you know, that's they've just been hung out to dry. Where there was a little bit of a carrot for them, yeah. Michael, as in the leash could get into a quarterfinal, which we have done. That suddenly now they won't have a chance next year. That's the reality of yeah, it. Yeah, and you have to keep lads interested, Willie. And what what you might find this year now with the with no one going down from one A will be that you might see a new face, a new superstar arriving. That who wouldn't have got a chance earlier on in the league because they can't afford to drop points. Yeah, but now mm. they might give lads a chance, and and managers might discover some new talents in the panel that, that they weren't aware of up to now. So yeah. that could be one big positive from it, and also if it's given lads, they might give the rest of you with them that's a big thing lads. Play them if you're going to lose points you they're know. all given out about Fitzgibbon yeah. now this feels like groundhog year because <laughs> I remember this exact conversation last year yeah. and the exact same mistakes lads so even Leash Leash have Ender Rowland they've Ryan Mullaney they have Sean Downey they've Stephen Bergen they've Mark Dowling they've Andrew Mortimer they've Owen Gohan a small county like Leash they're all with IT Carlo mm. I have the, the Brian Cody complaining about it mm. you have Porrick Fanning giving mm. out Maddie about Kenny it and, and, and Maddie Kenny giving out about it and, and Porrick <laughs> Fanning is coming from a WIT background mm. so he knows both you have Tom Kingston the UCC manager losing his head about player welfare Eddie Brennan they're all doing it so the league starts uh, this weekend and there's Fitzgibbon Cup tomorrow yeah. night yeah I think, like, I I think mean, it's that's where, like I mean that's just and this has been repeated after all the com- commotion and the giving out last year yeah like it is a tough I- year to, to manage everything especially colleges wise and, and but like you're gonna, lads are going to play two games this year two games this week will be definitely like some lads are going to have to play like Dublin can't last week with them I think they've 22 players Maddie Kenny said between Fitzgibbon and, 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 their, and their team and they have to they want to do well in one B they can't afford to go down. Like so, as you say, someone's going to be relegated and won't be. You don't want to be in that battle at the end of the year, which they were last year. Exactly. So you don't want. So they they haven't really got a choice. They have to play these lads, and lads are going to have to play two or three games in a week, which is a l- yeah. asking a lot from young lads, you know. And it's where it's where you pick up injuries as well, and at, at a young age, and then you have to get the injuries sorted. So player wef- welfare is an issue. With one A, as you say, they have that cushion of no one's going to be relegated. So. 
they might get they, to rest these lads a little bit realistically, more. Realistically, they should rest the players' cheddar. If they're looking at player welfare, there's no relegation. Should they be resting these lads? Like yeah. Freddie Brennan, for example, now he's in 1B, he can't rest them. Yeah. But he, they've got away in Waterford first, which is a terrible start for Leash. Now, in a, in a weird way, you wouldn't be expected to win them anyway. So maybe it's a good thing that it's not like they're playing Offaly or Carlo where they could beat them and they have, you know, have to play these lads from the Thursday. But he says in the first two games in the league, is in, in the middle of that, you have three rounds of Fitzgibbon. Christ yeah. almighty there's like I mean well first thing um, Oli you wouldn't be going down to Galway or Waterford going down to lose the matches no. the first thing I'll say no be, but you know they'll be, you be going down there to rip the match out of them you're not going to make <laughs> or break your league though I would but imagine I, I take your point um, look this is a wider issue it's not necessarily about the Fitzgibbon Cup let's talk about the Fitzgibbon Cup first of all it's a great competition um, it has been great to the weaker counties, if we want to call them that. Uh, for a long number of years, Leash had one player on the first 15 of the Fitzgibbon Cup. And I remember one of the years I was involved and we had actually nine on the first 15. And I, re- I regard that as great progress uh, within a county. And just think of it for a minute. Like your players are mixing with all-stars, playing with all-stars, working with top-class managers. And uh, look, in my time, that was like a DJ with Carlo and it was Nicky with UCD. Um, and, and uh, you know, some serious, serious managers. So I think the players are at their development stage, learn a lot, a lot about hurling and understand where the standards and all of that are. Um, and I think it's it's really, really good. And I would say that, and I can only just talk about my own time, that the um, that the Fitzgibbon managers, all of the ones I was involved with and ourselves, would work out what that is, understand what programmes they were on and try and lessen the workload on players. So it's not as serious an issue, I think, as it's made out to be. I take Michael's point that there's a lot of games being played here at a very, very high level. Um, I do think Fitzgibbon is a very skillful competition. It probably lacks a little bit of the sort of the cut that inter-county hurling would have. But I think it's just simply a wider issue here. How are we going to fit in some of the competitions that we want to hold on to? And we're going to have to get rid of one or two other competitions. How are we going to fit in Fitzgibbon, League, um, Provincial League Championship and then the All-Ireland and still run a club championship at the same time? Yeah. And there's an awful lot of sort of people have offered their tuppence work on it, but I... There's, there's enough intelligent people in the GA to gather a group together to, to look at it and you need to look at it on a county by county basis you take least of 16 or teams Carlo I think have three running their club competitions is very different than Tipperary where you actually have four divisions and maybe I don't know maybe around 30 senior teams um, so somebody needs to start to stand back and look at that incidentally there was one solution that I heard that I think would help out greatly that the National Hurling League and the start of the club championship could be run together but the trick to do with that was that on in each of those weeks that players would train half the time with their clubs and half the time with their county because the problem is training and preparation for games the, the actual problem isn't the games themselves you're asking your club players to play with your county up to the Sunday and then without any you know games or challenge games or anything that was your club stand in then in April and start playing important club matches and it doesn't work like that no. and the opposite is also the case as Michael Ryan found in Tipperary last year a whole pile of Tipperary championship matches were played in May he had no time to prepare his team for a championship and you know look what happened so I think if all of the counties were sort of on a reasonably uh, level playing pitch throughout the month of March and April that maybe the, and, and I know one county does this cause, and that's why I know about it and I just said to myself isn't that a great idea and it might solve the problem here that you can play club championships train with your club maybe two nights and train with your county for two nights and I know an awful lot of us including me as a county manager would be, would be screaming blue murder about you would that want it yeah, to see. Beca- <laughs> because I haven't oversight of the players and all of that but we're going to have to bite a bullet somewhere. someone is Otherwise, someone has to take yeah, a correct. hit and, and roll back and it's usually inter-county managers that are going to have to go 
this is a very professional setup. We don't want to lose them. Well, sorry, you do have to lose well, them. Well, 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 yeah, I think a couple of years ago, um, I, I, I probably would have been the man loading the gun on that. But I'd be probably more comfortable with it now as a county manager because a lot of clubs are have a very sophisticated uh, strength and conditioning model for the year anyway. So what you're doing with your club now is not that terribly far removed from county. And you look yeah. to Alexa Cool and the Pierce and all of those. They have management teams equal to any. Are any of the teams in Dublin here, Michael, you yeah, would probably absolutely. agree, have management teams as good as any of the counties. Mm. So you, you would training with your club it's just important that the conditioning people know where they are in the programmes that, that, that you're in and where the down weeks are and all of those things that that they, they talk to one another I think if that sort of level of honesty was between everybody I think we'd fix the, the, the fixtures problem and then that makes it a little bit easier to be able to run the Fitzgibbon Cup in a free you know in a free week or whatever the case may be Yeah exactly right lads we'll come back and we'll actually preview the league You can't touch this a few weeks later, they played Kilkenny below Nolan Park. The same year. And oh, they were being hockey. But the camera went in. To, uh, there was a fellow warming up. Jesus, you should see him. Yeah, that fuck. He was massive. Legs, arse, bit. But I burst out laughing watching him. There he was, the epitome of what I said. I told you, homeboy. You can't touch this. Yeah, that's how we living and you know. Can't touch this. So we're going to start with the All-Ireland Champions, Limerick. Um, I thought it was an interesting one with Limerick because, you know, I, for as long as I can remember in hurling, the All-Ireland Champions immediately go in as favourites the following year. Limerick are joint third favourites ne- this year. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like are, the bookies don't necessarily believe that they're going to do it again. Was it a one-off? I, I don't get it myself. They have all the Napierstig lads back li- this year. They'll ha- they have no distractions. They're a year older. They have the monkey off their back. Mm-hmm. They have the confidence. Like, I mean, is it a bit of an insult to Limerick to have them coming in this year as a Division 1A team, All-Ireland Champions, as third favourites for the All-Ireland? John Coyley must be the happiest man in Ireland at the moment. <laughs> because, like, like, nobody's speaking about them. And, like, everyone's sort of, not just the media, everyone I speak to says it's a bit of a flash in the pan. Oh, they're a really good side, but they might do well this year, but not win the All Ireland. He must be so happy. Like, like they're young, hungry lads. And last year they showed no fear. And that was without winning an All Ireland point. Now they have, and they have that experience. And they've such a strong panel, Woolly. Like, like, such I'm a strong panel. Really fancy them for the league, like, yeah. You know, and they have really good clubs in, like, really strong club players. Loads of young talent there. Like the, the average age in that team must be so young. Like they're they're ridiculously talented. And again, like just without any fear. And John John Kiley strikes me as a man who's going to keep their feet firmly grounded. Like you know. And I just think that really, I don't know how the third favourites. Like, yeah. I don't know how they aren't favourites. In in a weird way, they need a good league cheddar just to not let. Because you know, maybe like what Michael said, there are people out there who go, "Oh, well, Limerick won't win it again." Like if they start the league badly, that could seep into the squad. I think Kylie needs to hit this league and go. Listen, we are a force. Let's you know, let's change that that attitude. Uh, yeah, look, it probably is important in that way, and I probably look. You could draw comparisons with Galway last year, who sort of slow pedalled for a, yeah. a little while there before they ramped up in, in pace and that, and and that probably contrasts a little bit with how Brian Cody, um, you know, approaches things over a ten or twelve year period where he went, you know, just ball headed for everything. Um, but I think the big uh, thing for Limerick is not necessarily that. I think it's more technical than that. I think, and I think. Um, Paul Kinner will have experience in 2013 with Clare um, you know Limerick certainly won uh, not Ireland last year with, with 
two real massive um, um, pieces in their army that had a really really good game plan that opened up space in their forward line with good precision hurling and had really good substitutes to come in on the day with a different way of playing but that were used to playing one another and particularly the Interpiracic players that really changed the course of a game I can guarantee you over the winter every manager worth his all will have viewed Limerick's game plans what sets them up what makes them different what creates the space and all of that so I think the critical thing is that that they need to come back with some tweaking of the game plan that they have and that's you know that's going to be really interesting because the Nipirisic players that came back didn't really fit into that last year they came with a different thing Peter Casey came with a different thing mm-hmm. William Dunahan in the middle of the field and um, Shane Dowling Shane definitely um, you know is a different type of player than they had that defensive wing forward that they were looking at there um, so I, I think they have some work to do but you know isn't it brilliant to have you know all of those tools at your disposal to be able to do that but I do think that Paul Kinnerick's experience with Clare in 2013 where he sort of came back with Broadley the same way of playing in 2014 and, and was unhinged in that uh, will serve him in good stead um, I, I think it's probably reasonable uh, to put Limerick where they are I know they deserve to be a number one and Michael is right they've won the All-Ireland what more do you do to prove yourself but I think the the level of competition and the level of performance in all the top eight or nine counties is it's such this year and the last couple of years that it's probably not, not it's probably not unusual that Limerick aren't regarded as All-Ireland favourites yeah maybe and like I mean we all know that the following year after winning in All-Ireland mm. you have to introduce a few new players or it goes stale and you have to keep lads on their toes and I think maybe Galway again fell into that trap where for All-Ireland you know the heat of the battle they ended up with the same team and pretty much the same tactics um, yeah. you know Johnny Glynn a little mm. bit different but they looked a little bit stale come the end of the year so like I mean what is the blueprint for these teams to come back the next year how can you rip up something that works yeah, look, you're, not, you're not going to say oh they have it figured no. out you'll wait to see is it figured out and then a good performance will reinforce oh well this is working yeah. and then it could like Galway last year you get to the All-Ireland final you're like, Jesus maybe we should have like it's a very very brave thing to do what Cheddar's saying you know and maybe throw another angle on it this year which I think it is absolutely what they have to do yeah like, Look, Galway went far off last year. Had a, had a great year again, and look, it's just tweaking little things, will you know? Like they have the personnel, so you don't have to bring mad numbers in. It's just, as you say, as, as Cheddar said, just changing one or two things, and maybe how the ball's distributed in, or how how like more direct, or sometimes play the lines. And if you just, like Limerick will change it up a little bit. They won't play the same game plan because, as Cheddar said, everyone's going to look into it. But it doesn't mean you have to go a million miles away from it because yeah, it's yeah. a work and it worked last year. You got them an all-earned final. Yeah. So just if you tweak little things between here and there, again, they have the panel to come in and, and the subs were huge for Limerick last year and they do add either a bit of pace or a bit of strength everywhere that came in. The groin in the corner always, like he was phenomenal last year when he came in all the time, just the speed of him, yeah. you know, and, like Maybe the, the bench will keep the lads exactly, on their toes, I like Dublin. So. Although Jim Gavin, like every year, he'll bring in two, two yeah. lads that won the All Ireland the previous year won't be on it, yeah. and you're like, that's. Yeah. But that why do Dublin keep winning? Because nobody's sure of their play. Mm. You know, maybe you have to be that cutthroat. I look through that Limerick team and I say, who would you drop? Yeah. It's hard to pick someone that <laughs> you drop. I, I think really that's the real thing, though. You cannot just drop somebody um, for for that principle yeah. that, that I want to freshen it up um, because players will smell that straight away that that's what you're doing and then it's meaningless you're, you know your move is meaningless um, you've got to generate that and I, I'm, I'm actually interested to say Jim Gavin because um, you know a couple of players came off the Dublin panel for that and I'd say Jim was probably happy enough that he didn't have to drop anybody but nonetheless it just reinvigorated the panel to drive on even harder I mean Ryan Cody's done it with Kenny for a number of years without having to make a whole lot of changes mm. but I think at the end of the day 
if you don't get up to the intensity of the preparation that you did the year before um, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble and putting in a player or two there won't change that it's much more fundamental than that in terms of the work that you do in training um, and the way you communicate it to your team and the moves you make and everything that you do as a manager is really really important I, th- I think it's it's inter- Galway's interesting Galway didn't roll over everybody the year before they struggled over a lot of teams and just got there by a pint last year they were the other side of that by a pint in a, you know on a number yeah. of occasions so it's not that they regressed a huge amount um, it, they may not have been just at the 100% it might be still 99% um, but you know there wasn't much in it and, and I probably think that a lot of the counties are the same I mean Cork should have beaten Limerick in the All-Ireland semi-final yeah. um, mm. injuries definitely knocked them out uh, knocked them out and they, you know were cruising that game coming yeah. down coming down the stretch um, so if Cork had wanted you, you what would you be saying about Limerick now you yeah. know? so you've got to take I think in the whole context of the thing and, and uh, but I firmly believe you've got to um, have a real serious competition for places in your team but that needs to be cohesive it cannot be just you know just proving the point or something yeah like merit based it yeah. does correct yeah. and, and I think when you have that and you have good players you know you have always a great chance I thought John Kiley made an interesting comment he said I think he was talking about preparing for the league and preparing for the new year and we know uh, traditionally all Ireland champions that haven't won it in a long time go ape crazy and all that kind of thing and he was making the point even though it is has to be pointed out that Kyle Hayes went to the pool the morning after winning the All-Ireland because yeah. I interviewed him out in the City West but John Kiley says the nature of celebrating All-Irelands has changed fellas are busy with their clubs as well for months and the club scene is taken so much more seriously now a load of lads are back to work back to college they have a lot of demanding stuff going on for themselves I suppose it's not the same as what it used to be but we still had a couple of great nights out and I thought that was interesting in that the idea of going ape for two weeks is probably you know it's probably gone and like they're all so serious now and they take recovery seriously and they're back into a very very serious club scene college university maybe that idea that you go mad is that gone? I think it's a bit sad if it's gone altogether. I would have meant eight for two weeks. <laughs> no, uh, look, it's a thing you're chasing for so long. I, I know like when you spoke to Kenny lads after, like they went mental after all their wins, you know, and like lads work so hard and so mentally and physically training like I think they have every right to go bananas for a week or two after because it takes so much of our life after maybe it's not the week or two after it even that's one thing but then maybe up until the Christmas so yeah. maybe you'd all meet up and you'd have you know you'd be out mm. a lot leading yeah. up into Christmas and you get out of shape that's definitely gone no, yeah it is because the young lads as well as you say with the club and colleges and they have so much to keep them going I don't think there's any fear of them getting out of shape it's the lads I suppose the older statesmen I, I, who maybe aren't with uh, clubs I, or <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's the actual um, physiology I think it's more the psychology of it mm. more than anything else you just lose your hungry edge and all of that and you're, you're sort of sated and of course when you go to these sort of events you know your back's nearly broken with the claps in the back and so on and so on and you sort of believe that little bit after a while I thought what was very interesting about John Kiley was actually what was between the lines because uh, what I'm reading here is John Kiley is managing lifestyles of players and I, I think that's where you know management has gone to such a detail now that, that it's just managing absolutely everything you leave nothing to chance and John's not leaving anything to chance that you know players are going to get soft underbellies for Limerick next year he's going to have them ready and you know I would imagine that that's pre-planned yeah, no, maybe it is. Tipperary lads is an interesting one. Liam Sheedy's back. 
Um, he made headlines last week not allowing um, his goalkeeper um, Hogan to yeah. talk about Tipperary. I'm completely in a di- disagreement with that. Um, but like, I mean, he made one statement here. So he's back in anyways and we know how brilliant he was with Tipperary the last time. Here's a question for you about that. Liam Sheedy, the game Liam Sheedy left, where it was Tip versus Kilkenny in a traditional style game, and they were some of the best games we've we've ever seen in ten and eleven. Does Liam Sheedy need to completely? Does he he need to be a different manager now um, than he was back then? And does he need need a new style for Tipperary than he did than he had back then? No, I don't think so. Um, I think Liam Sheedy was a great manager five or six years ago, um, and that's not just a general statement. He obviously managed an awful lot of things really, really well to get the success he did. Um, so, so I think there's two aspects to that: um, how you manage Tipperary, and that's a very, very difficult job. They're, they're a county that expects high performance every day of the week. They're a very big county with an awful lot of quality players. Um, so, even managing just player expectation in a panel like that is a very, very difficult job in Tip. I go back to your other point. Uh, Bully, um, I don't think it's comparing um, styles of play in 2010 or 2011 with styles of play now, uh, and and you don't you're you're not trying to get a style of play to to suit whatever it is the fashion at the minute. You're trying to get a style of play that suits the qualities that are within your own team. Drive that as far as you can, and try and hammer the other team with that style of play, and and just just gain the momentum that way. And I think Liam, yeah, of course, you're going to keep an eye on other, and you're going to keep an eye on Limerick and what they're doing and all of that, as we spoke earlier on. But your most of your time is going to be spent is how can I settle my team to play in a certain way that's going to give me the best advantage and the best benefit of, of trying to win in All Ireland here. And I, I guess that that's what Liam will be looking at. I th- here's another qu- a question, and we talked about this in the context of James Horan coming back to Mayo um, on last week's show. So James Co- Horan came in after John O'Mahony, yeah. right? One of the more old old school managers, and he had a huge impact because he raised the levels of professionalism. He completely transformed Mayo football. Yeah. Liam Sheedy came in after Babs, if I'm not mistaken. So he brought in a brilliantly professional mm. uh, setup. The players responded. This is fantastic. Strength and condition, all these kind of things. Now Liam Sheedy's coming into a squad that has all that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So can he make that same hit of the players going, "Whoa, this is the best setup we've ever had"? Whereas now they're going, "Well, like I mean, sure, this is run, this is par yeah. for the course." Like yeah. a, you know, can he have that same impact? I, d- I think he can definitely. Like he's a fantastic manager. I slightly disagree with Cheddar. I think the game's evolved an awful lot since 2011, and Tip's major problem for the last two or three years is they just. The distribution from the back line to the forward line they've just given 80 yard 90 yard balls in high and expecting their forwards to win it backs have got an awful lot cuter these days and they know they don't have to win primary possession they just have to break it down for each other and stop the play and that's where Tip has been struggling for me over the last few years I think he's going to have to come in have, make it scramble that back line around a bit and have like the likes of Party Mar and all winning the ball but then looking up and giving low fastball into that forward line and working the lines an awful lot more because the, the panel and tip is phenomenal like the talent there is phenomenal Well they still have the best forward line on paper I think outside yeah. of Cork in the country some yeah. of the talent is unreal you, The use of the ball is ridiculous like, and you see the names Shamie Callanan and Noel McGrath as captain and vice captain this week and like to have them two leaders in your forward line John McGrath yeah, yeah, Anybody would would, yeah. be, would love it Like so I think He's definitely going to up the performance levels, but if he gets a team playing more like a team this year and not like 15 individuals out there, 
I think Tip are, are going to have a huge say this year. Like, yeah, you know, we really surprised. I think that's the that's the crazy. I do agree with Michael. Um, I suppose that's what we were very into earlier on that, that like look, that he's going to have to happen. That he's going to have to play the way, and he will. He'll play the way that's going to get the best out of his team. And I do agree with Michael that the distribution of ball and and their movement off the ball and all that needs to be better. But I think the first thing he's got to do is um, reinvigorate the panel. Um, the he's under twenty one All Ireland winning team to come into that. Now they were they weren't fancied, but yes. they still have yeah. a few yeah. lads from that. And I can tell you, I know a fair bit about Tipperary Club hurling. I can guarantee you there's a huge amount of quality players in Tipperary that could step into an inter-county team. But sometimes that's difficult when you have too many. Um, and, like, are they good enough in the positions that he needs to fill? And he definitely needs to figure out three and six. And he probably definitely needs to figure out um, a combative midfield that's going to win a lot of possession around the middle third. He certainly has enough talent up front to do that. But I think just just prior to that he's going to have to figure out how he's going to get more team cohesion into that panel because uh, just the morale seemed to have just been a little bit dissipated over the last couple yeah, of years Yeah it did seem that Ger Brown is the under 21 uh, midfielder who seems to have an awful lot of fire in his belly like he may, they need maybe some lad to come in and just give them that spark back now I know Liam Sheedy will help them with yeah. that spark he said he thinks that um, the energy and attitude that the players bring if they can create that so he's talking about yeah. energy attitude again I see. I I disagree that the players didn't have energy and attitude no. last year. I think they've gone maybe a bit. Maybe it's the staleness that he's talking about. But another thing on using the league, he said. He he said twelve or thirteen of the starting positions and where they'll be playing have to be nailed down by the end of the league. Said uh, Sheedy. And I know Michael Ryan last year experimented an awful lot. He ended up rewarding the lads that were experimented with, and there was four debutants against Limerick, and they yeah. got caught. Yeah. Do you know? So I don't know. Like I mean, I think Liam Sheedy has a, a much more difficult job than maybe he he. He might have thought. Well, and he back. I it's a great job, and yeah. it's a terrible job. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's a weird like, one. For Kenny was the big one back then, I suppose. When he, once he got over that hurdle, he had a great chance to win the All But now, like when you look at that league, like it's so hard to pick a winning team from it, and that's just one yeah. A. Like so, you, you really have realistically seven or eight teams who could win the All Ireland this year, and. Like it's a it's a bigger lot bigger challenge I think for me than it was 2011. Yeah, so yeah, he tried. I, he tr- oh, sorry, I think just one other thing. Will you think um, the the local championships in tip take place right before the monster championship and I did last year and there's probably three serious competitions in tip and bear in mind there's four divisions in tip um, so you have club hurling going on right through May and you're expected then to just put boot to the floor with a new game plan new players new way of playing and all of that within one week or two yeah. weeks and that 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 cannot be done um, it's fine if you're an old team and they're winning an All-Ireland or three or four All-Irelands and you can go back and you can just turn on the, turn on the tap again but you can't do that with a new team so I, I suspect he'll be doing a lot of work in the background with county boards and other people as well maybe just for year one and going to the clubs and say look I need a little bit of breathing space here to build what I want to build here and we'll get back then to playing club championships again next year I suspect he'll be he'll be trying to figure out something along those lines I, th- I think he has to and I do mm-hmm. take your point the whole April they got too much in and Mike, then the, the Munster League starts the first week of yeah. May mm-hmm. and then you have a county like Leash John Sugru who went away down to Kerry for a training weekend two weeks before the championship but it was because he has to get some work done yeah. and loads mm-hmm. of counties doing this this is banned in April yeah. Like I mean, Cheddar. I'd say you'd be pulling your hair out as an intercounty manager. You lose all your players for April outside of training, maybe twice a week because there's matches at the weekend for them. So you get no quality work. It's only Tuesday, Thursday after after work, which is often physical sessions because you might not have lights. 
then you're out in the championship early May and you've done nothing worthwhile and they won't they ban you for a home game mm. if you go away for a weekend to try and get mm. some done mm. like that it really is bizarre isn't it uh, some of those things are, are a little bit bizarre and you just wonder do the people that make the decisions understand what where you know preparation of county teams are and look just one little point you know puck out strategy in a team will vary from the games you're playing from team to team um, so you can get all of that right for a fortnight's time or a week's time but it's going to be very very different for the following week because they might have a different way of defending or you might have a different way of winning possession or something like that um, so when are you going to get it done and you know you're going to have 30 or 40 puck outs from your goal you cannot just say ah it'll be alright on the day yeah. and we'll just make it up as we go along yeah. because if you were to do that you're going to get battered as well Looks as a manager yeah. that you weren't yeah. properly prepared for it you know so, so you know it's time time for people to make these type of decisions to listen to a few people first before they jump on these type of bandwagons. Yeah, I think the whole thing has been looked at at the end of this year maybe and then we might see the whole season restructured um, the following year. We'll talk about Kilkenny here lads because the big thing jumping out at me from reading around about Kilkenny is they finally look like they might have somebody that will play full back and release um, Porrick Walsh out to wing back which everybody agrees even Tommy was talking recently wing back is his best position yeah. we all know yeah, he's better yeah. at wing back but he's also a very good full back yeah. but there's a fella called Hugh Lawler um, his funny uh, spelling of the name is H-E-W so <laughs> I completely have my eye on this fella now yeah. so he <laughs> plays for O'Loughlin Gales and he's actually versatile enough but he played a lot with O'Loughlin Gales at full back he's 6 foot 1 or 2 according to JJ Delaney JJ says he's very impressed in the few games I see him at full back as well very quick very direct and again when you're playing full back at the moment you'd be out close to the sidelines look at the likes of Seamus Flanagan you have to follow him everywhere mm. you'd have to have the legs as well he's a guy that does have the legs and he's a big big guy too so like I mean you look at Kilkenny last year you were talking about they needed a cornerback they needed a full yeah. back and they needed a centre back you've Paddy Deegan who's nailed down the yeah. cornerback if Hugh, Hugh Lawler or Hugh, Hugh Lawler I'm not sure is it who or Hugh I presume <laughs> it's Hugh um, he's going full back then you have Porrick Walsh Killian Buckley who's an excellent centre back suddenly Kilkenny have a nice little bit of shape if they, if they do that and we know he's going to hit the league hard oh, absolutely Co- he always does and, and Kilkenny were, were good last year like they were much better than I expected last year uh, Woolly and with the Cody factor again he's just going to drive them on and the belief is going to be within that Kilkenny squad that they can win the All-Ireland they're, they're not playing any other game yeah. than the All-Ireland so like, if you can get Park Walsh out like if you have a half-back line with Park Walsh and Killian Buckley in it there's not going to be many better half-back lines in Ireland so they have a great st- stability there in the back line to, to work from and again with TJ and all up front they just I, I think they have to find one or two more forwards like if Ho- Richie gets back Richie Hogan back fit and flying again he'd be u- huge asset for Kikini because yeah. last year he was just a bit stop-start all year and couldn't, couldn't find his mojo a bit you know so. well Adrian Mullen has been hugely highly regarded with St Kieran's. like the more mm. I hear about him he's he's and he's uh, scored 2-1 in the Leinster Club hurling final he's a decent sized fella a scoring mm. wing forward um, I think he repeated a year in Kieran's and ran amok the following year when he repeated or something like that so like I mean this lad is somebody who could come up and make a mark obviously they won't have him during the league uh, Cheddar because he'll mm. be with uh, Ballyhale mm. It's not just Adrian, actually, there's a, there's a real plethora of that quality player in Kilkenny at the minute. Um, and look, they have a fair forward line to try and fight their way into. Mm-hmm. If you look at last year, and uh, you know, I did see the re- the, the, some of the replays of the games last year, just over the Christmas there, and look, Kilkenny had Limerick beaten, um, and probably un- untypical of them, missed a lot of scores. But just look at who they're, who they're missing. Um, Paul Murphy and Colin Fenley came back into the championship play it, and it's, it's difficult to ramp up to that level of pace again. They're going to be available to them this year. Walter Welsh was injured last year, a primary possession winner for them. 
Uh, Richie Hogan looks as if he's cleared up his back yeah. injury and is, you know, is likely to have a good year. You're talking about three All-Stars and two Players of the Year, I think they are. Um, and throw in that volume of, of quality players that are in Kilkenny. There's a huge volume of real quality players that have won a pile of uh, colleges all Ireland with Kieran's and so on and with Kilkenny CBS. Um, so I, I think that, that you know, Kilkenny definitely are on the march again. And uh, I would think that, you know, I'll certainly put them uh, serious contenders just to win an All Ireland this year, mm. Willie. They weren't that far away yeah. last year, and I was surprised by that. By that, I have them in there too. Oh, right, definitely. you have young Lahey there that was great in midfield. He's, he's, great, he's yeah. a year older now, and you know he's yeah. a real brilliant yeah. Uh, yeah. He eventually settled on a position probably yeah. last year. So, like, I mean, I it's think the, the, the one thing it's I would say child, yeah. about him is that. Um, a lot of the players that they have in the forward line even the local election John Donnelly and a lot of those players are very very good stick men but just aren't that aggressive ball winners that Kilkenny typically like um, in terms of winning primary possession and that they're really really good stick men in possession um, but if you look at the Kilkenny team of old the first thing that they were really strong was at was winning aggressive primary possession and getting the ball in the hand and then be create, being creative with it they just don't seem to have got to that edge yet um, but having said that they only need to find another player like John Power or something like that to make things happen in the forward line and then all of those players will click for you so I think they're very very close to you know to maybe having another team here that's going to be very hard to dislodge over a number of years mm. You can laugh at this one all you want just before we move off Kilkenny but Brian Cody um, hasn't won an All-Ireland since when was it? 2014-15 so like it's only four years four it's not years, much yeah. but Brian Cody has that job for as long as he wants he's a legend whatever but Brian Cody never ever had anyone Kilkenny that could potentially put pressure on him now we have King Henry <laughs> who's now into the mix honestly but maybe does Brian Cody need that because like I know I disagree with that Willie um, DJ has been manager of yeah, of Carlo IT or well, IT Carlo yeah. the proper name and brought him to a Fitzgibbon Cup final for the first time ever for a college of that size yeah. um, but is he talked about in that kind uh, of yes, regard? Uh, no yes he would um, the reason he's not talked about I suppose as much is because Brian has been so successful True. you know this is no different than Alex Ferguson or who you know whatever other manager you like to look at that's been hugely successful over a number of years um, you know Mickey Hart's the same you know are there any people in, in Tyrone that are capable of, of taking over Tyrone of course there are but you know the guy has been so successful why would you change something which is uh, we, could, we don't want to get into the conversation if Cody steps down who gets it Henry or DJ yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's another very yeah, you, could, you could do a full show the on the like there's a good few of them now you see Herity Eddie Brennan they might as well forget about it exactly they're sick when they see Shefflin you're going to have to tap into JJ now JJ's making too much money out of Sky he doesn't want to know about about management he's doing a bit now he's so he'll be back next Thursday JJ for anyone who uh, he's back in with us again this year so um, Waterford quickly lads so they haven't played in six months hmm. so I'd say Waterford are a team like Tipperary in the same boat six months like uh, that's a just a product of the new championship in that they're out they were out in June yeah. these lads are chomping at the bit with a new manager um, apparently Parik Fanning he says this is how he described the style um, that Waterford would have because obviously when everyone talks about Waterford they think of style now these are a te- team that got to the all Ireland final last year and almost forgotten about now he says hopefully we're a hard working team I'm not going to go into it too much about how we're going to play we may use a sweeper at times we may not 
you have to play what's in front of you as you saw with Clare last year the ditch back to the sweeper or the switch back to a sweeper at one stage and I think well, just reading from that is that Waterford are going to be flexible but they might go away from the full time sweeper for a while and I think in the McGrath Cup even though you can't read much into it they set up pretty pretty orthodox and even the Brick Walsh was thrown in a full yeah. forward lads. this is a new Brian Corker and that's where, that's where I'd be playing Brick <laughs> this year Yeah it's, it's, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Waterford in, in 1B in the league just to see what style of play they're going to bring he's going to have a chance there in 1B to try out a few things and yeah. it's still going to be very competitive Like he's going to have some really good games there to, to work out but it, it, it's very tough coming in after Derek McGrath he's a loved manager it's going to be very interesting to see how the players respond to that Like the hunger is definitely going to be there will you, after being as you say six months out and that's it they're going to be so eager to, to play and they had up, so up and down last year and you need that bit of consistency this year and, and Fanning could get that out of them you know it's going to be very I'm really looking forward to seeing Warford this year and seeing how they go Yeah and they were decimated by injuries in the championship yeah. and they still I think they, they almost draw with Cork in the last mm. game and if Kieran and Shane Bennett back which yeah. they didn't have last year mm. Stephen Bennett's racking up huge scores mm. in the McGrath Cup now he's take, he's on the freeze mm. um, you know and, and the brick is back so like I mean this is one year Cheddar genuinely I know the hurling pundits are all very positive it's very hard to pick an All-Ireland winner oh. out of maybe Definitely. six six, <laughs> no. six incredibly strong teams and three other strong teams would that be fair? Yeah, no, that's six or seven I, even I think that's fair it's not dissimilar to last year look I'm a little bit surprised about people writing off Waterford um, look they've got quality players and when you've got quality panel and quality players you know, regardless if you did nothing you have a fair chance of doing something um, I know Parig well and um, you know Parig and his family have been steeped in Waterford hurling and have been for a long number of years and you know they're going to bring that passion he's going to bring that passion to Waterford and I thought it was interesting you can always judge these things particularly by the senior people in panels and if Brick Wells thinks it's worth his while to stay on yeah. for another year he's not staying on and if he doesn't think that there's a chance of winning something or going for something here and, and, and uh, I thought that was a big statement and you know regardless of where he plays and at this stage of the year doesn't make much difference the fact that he fully committed to Waterford and that the others are back suggests that there's a cohesion in the camp and that they want to go away and do something um, and I think Parig will bring that to them and he'll certainly bring a Waterford passion to them no, as Derek did but maybe a little bit different um, and I think knowing Parig that you know you will see a fluid more fluid way of playing maybe it, it, you know you, you will definitely see tactical hurling um, it may not be just rigid sweeper that you will see but look if you were playing Clare tomorrow and Clare playing with a sweeper you're going to end up with a sweeper mm. so you know you need to know how to play it well that's it I think two critical things for Waterford um, I think Parig may change the style of management and you know we spoke about this last year Wooly we spoke about towards the end of the year this is a crucial appointment for Waterford and, and how they approach this because you know the, the Waterford team under Derek Derek had him for a long time and I suppose it was individual motivation of players um, you know you would probably call it that style um, because he knew them all and he knew what buttons to press now does that panel now need to move on to real performance monitoring and management um, you know do your job here's the aspects of the job you need to do to go away and do your job and you know you need to eyeball players in that and, and, and so on so on and will probably be able to bring the panel with him into that sort of I suppose a different style of management the other thing is that he, he he's in Munby which is great to get that start but he's playing a lot of matches away from home including in the Munster Championship and look that can, you can turn that in your favour and you can sort of 
you know, cement the water for Polly behind you, as in, look, everybody's against us here. You know, let's 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 uh, take this on and 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 that. And um, you know, so he can galvanize Waterford. You need to do a little bit of work on it, but you can galvanize Waterford and under that type of supporter. That you know, if they feel there's a slight on them, they will get behind their team. He has quality, um, and he has a team that's used to playing to tactical hurling. Um, so I think they've a lot of advantages. I'm just surprised that people seem to be writing them off so yeah. easy. Yeah, they seem to be well down the list. Right, we'll come back and we'll do some predictions for this weekend. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. All right, Paddy Power predictions, lads. So we'll start here in Division 1A. This is on Saturday night. This is the televised game on Air Sport. Tipperary, Clare. Tipperary are four to six favourites against Clare. Six to four um, outsiders. We've talked about Tipperary. We need to talk about Clare, who got so close to the All-Ireland final last year. Shane O'Donnell, unfortunately, who played so well. He's going to be gone this year. He might be back for the championship. He's away in college in America. There's a fella, uh, Dermot Ryan, who's flying it so far mm-hmm. this year, lads. I don't know much about him. Colin Gilfoyle, a big fella at full forward. You have Niall Deasy, who's so um, good in the Munster Championship. He has to get a start here, lads, this year. So they have options now, and I thought maybe with Clare last year, they didn't have that bench that would strike fear into teams necessarily. They might have one or two, but they seem to have uh, strength and depth. And you have Donald Maloney and Jerry O'Connor, Cheddar, whose two years were up and said they only wanted two years, yeah. and now they're back. So Clare strike me as a team that might be on a mission this year. I'd say the management says that we'll give it one more year you got so close and let's bloody do it. Yeah, look, I think they were quite close last year. Um, they probably do need, you know, they certainly got some things really, really right. I mean, John Conlon going to full forward, you know, was, mm. was, was a serious, serious play and you know, he's a serious, serious player and they have serious players. I mean, they're all Ireland champions in 2013, league champions in 2016. Um, so they're, they know what this is about and they've got some, some serious hurlers in the likes of Tony Kelly and some of those. Mm. Um, but, I, I just think you know sometimes teams just plateau and they reach their performance level and they don't they, I don't know they don't seem to have that edge to really get over the line and as we all know the last couple of inches over the line are the hardest to get there and, and uh, so I, I just thought that the 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 Jerry and Donald spent a lot of time last year um, changing some things around even the way they manage the team and that um, and you know whether they can get that extra bit out of the team now to get over the line or not time will tell but I, I, I just think that they might just plateau in terms of performance and that and they're, they're very very serious contenders obviously but they're coming into Semple Stadium against Clare and or against Tipperary should I say and look Tip have a point to prove here and, and look 
I, I, they seriously disappoint Tipperary supporters in the league final last year whatever about being beaten by Kilkenny in Nolan Park but not turning up for the fight is seriously a serious slight on all Tipperary people and I think all Tipperary players have got to really look at themselves in the mirror and not let that happen again and their first chance to actually do something about that is going to be Saturday night I know Clare beat them there last year for the first time and maybe ever in, in Semple Stadium but certainly for a long time but I, I'll be surprised if Tipperary don't just by sheer force of will go get the win uh, on Saturday night in Turles I, ha- I was reading a thing there during the week and I thought it was very very interesting I hadn't thought about it and it was Tipperary versus Kilkenny last year in Semple Stadium do you remember Kilkenny had lost the first two games and they were under a lot of pressure and it looked like yes. Kilkenny were on the slide yeah. Tip had an experimental team that game was in the mental pot they had all their experienced lads on the bench yeah. they could have put the foot on Kilkenny's throat and choked them they didn't bring on any of the experienced lads and they lost the game they gave Kilkenny the, the boost they needed and, they and then they end up le- beating them in the league final <laughs> like, isn't that a huge mistake Absolutely. from a tip point of view yeah, the tip, I suppose the tip supporters said over now that to have this be in their bonnet with Kilkenny like Kilkenny seemed to have the edge over them over the last decade or so just I don't know if it's sheer willpower or Cody's thing but Kilkenny just have that belief and you'd be sure if Tip had lost their first few games and they were going to play Kilkenny Kilkenny would have their strongest team out and stood on their neck you know and yeah. that, that's the difference there because really, that changed Kilkenny's season last year you know Big time. absolutely but with the Clare and Tip game I, I fancy Clare I just have this feeling that like this is it for this Clare team like, they have a really great panel and if they want to get the best out of the players that are all there I think this is the year they want to win the All-Ireland like, I think so too between Donald Maloney and Jay, o- Jay O'Connor there like, they've experimented for two years now this is the year for stability find that your best team and play them all the time they know what system they want to play with the likes of DC, Connell and Duggan they're, they're huge men like to have around your forward line sprinkled with like uh, Tony Kelly giving ball in and I just think and Podge there yeah, the lines. very good Yeah, too. and Reedy, like you have that right balance there. And, and Aaron Shanahan's back this year, who missed all of last year again. except for coming on against Galway and got that great goal. They have loads of talent. Loads, and uh, like they have plateaued, I should have said. But I think that was a two-year thing of, of the two lads trying to find Conor it. Conor McGrath, he's gone <laughs> off the boil. Like yeah, completely I mean. off the boil. Like, and I'd be trying to get my hardest to get Shane Donnellan back as well if I could for championship because he's just a phenomenal talent I'd be sending Conor McGrath to a sports psychologist the best in the world and say yeah. get this lad's head back to where it was such a confidence player like if he if he has a good game say against Tip this weekend if he is playing like that sets him up for the year you know he's such a confidence player and I've played against him the speed of him the control of his ball it's just his head is just it's not in it for yeah. the last year or two and again if you get these players right I just have a feeling that Clare are going to have a huge say this year and I, I'm going to go for Clare definitely yeah I, I choose I'd find it a hard one so Cheddar is going for Tip you're going for Clare mm. is that right I'll yeah. go for I'll go for Clare as well um, Dublin and Carlo is on Saturday night as well Dublin are wanted 33 favourites for this Carlo 10 to 1 who had a brilliant year last year mm. Um, they did everything they could have done Carla last year ended up losing to Limerick at home talks to us about Maddie Kenny um, Michael because he's in he from from the quotes I was reading says it's our aim to have everyone available when we get into January the Bowden boys and everyone that is what we said when we met we wanted to start the year with a healthy squad you can have all the great players and all the talent in the world but unless you're able to get them on the field it's no good to you that's our starting point trying to get everyone on the pitch yeah. and is that probably uh, probably the fair comment from him absolutely like like Gilroy did great work last year he had a really young panel and had them playing in a way he wanted them to play Maddie Kenny's going to play a different way but he ha- he got the players there you know Cooler style is different to Gilroy's style last a- absolutely. year absolutely right? Cooler style is very fit and fast but what, what Gilroy did was he got a great panel there of young lads and gave them one year's experience of, of top class management and, and playing against the likes of Kenny and the top teams and it stood to them like I went to watch them against Galway in the World Cup semi-final and 
they're, they're, they're looking up more they're trying to play you can see the cool imprint on them already and it's really? so, so early in the season they're, they're looking for the man off the shoulder all the time and playing the lines and they're, they're not hitting brainless balls up, up up the pitch just for the sake of it you know and like Rushy is there as a target man and he's hurling well but I think he'll be there as if lads are really under pressure and giving the ball in he's an option yeah. there you can do both uh, uh, abs- absolutely but like, like Darrow O'Connell's a huge one like, he's been phenomenal for Kula and he's like from playing them over he's the years midfielder is he no midfielder, midfielder. And, and where Dublin struggled is midfield and Mark Shute is back too Mark's back and I've seen him there that day and he's huge like, just the, the, the physique on him from when I last seen him he's, he's absolutely a monster like you know some from Dublin has stood to him like would have been with the footballers Yeah, um, he's going to be huge when he comes in now I think he's he's I don't think he's back yet. But Dara's injured. Dara's yeah. Dara's back because he came on at the end of the Galway game. And like Dublin have struggled to find that midfield partnership. And I think if you maybe have him and Jake Malone, two cooler lads, they know how to interlink the play there. And if if that's what Maddie Kenny wants, I think that's gonna be huge say within the panel. Right. Know, so so, that, so D- Dublin defenders will be looking up, they'll be looking for these two lads and yeah. then they'll be moving it they'll yeah. be moving it through, through the, the lines. Yeah. yeah, what where they struggle well he is free taker was you know so midfielder and free taker so you're going to have either Paul Ryan or David Tracy they're, they're both being injured so I'm not sure if they're going to be back this weekend because they missed a few crucial frees against Galway and if you had to score them they would have beaten them that day you know so free taker wise and midfield is where they're going to really have to improve on this year Right and it looks like they have no, they the have, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think he's a good match for Dublin I think he is Cheddar Oh no there's no doubt about that um um, I think ser- Dublin are serious, have serious potential here, Willie. Yeah. Um, and Matty has a serious panel and he's disposable here mm-hmm. of the type of players that he wants to play the type of hurling that he wants. Um, but therein lies a little bit of an issue because that that will be different than the game that played very different than the game yeah. that played last year. And you know some of the player players that played last year may not fit into that. And you know Matty will be ruthless. He has to be in in looking at that. But he's an awful lot of players that we really haven't seen yet that that Michael will know well here. Um, young. Sullivan there from Bridget's yeah, um, um, there's Donald Burke there's a younger Crummy I was very impressed with Ronan Hayes there last year he's just still coming along there's a lot of these players that are very 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 good stick men I'd probably say that they just still need that one or two forwards Michael mm. that are very very efficient with the ball in the hand and that can score in, in, in very tight spaces mm. and that is shoot here that or is shoot here just a direct runner is he the he, runner he's more he, of a he runner wouldn't, if, if, if Mark comes out with the ball on the wing or anything he wouldn't be the most accurate he wouldn't be all over his Shoulder, he right. wouldn't because okay. his, his score and the shooting average would be poor. Like you know, okay. percentage. He's not. He's not that type of player. What he is is a bull. Like if he yeah, gets yeah. it and turns you, his pace and strength and seeing the size of him now, if he still has that pace in him, he'd be a nightmare to mark when he turns you. You know, okay. I had a few years in there a fullback with him <laughs> in training, so he's a nightmare. I'll give a bit of a health warning, though, guys. Here, um, I might. There's a couple of things for Dublin. Um, there are a lot of players in the Fitzgibbon Cup, which is great. Yeah. I think that's fantastic, Michael. I think it's a you know it's a great indication of the the health of hurling in Dublin. Um, but at the minute, um, if all those players are playing a number of matches yeah. this week, it's just not the ideal way. And the change in the way you play is quite difficult and will take time and may not click um, for for this weekend. And I'm going to talk up Carlo here. Carlo are the most improved team in the country. They are, yeah. And I say that very, very clearly. And they've a team, they've even improved in that um, under Bonner. I just see a real team with cohesion here at the minute. Um, and like last year, they were good, but they didn't have their best forward playing last year. Mark Cavan is the best scoring forward in Carlo. Now, I think there's one or two players that are injured at the minute that would be first teamers that might actually hurt them. But he definitely has brought them up another notch. And I think that the matches in Parnell Park that's going to be difficult for them it is a massive step up to yeah. go from where you were up to this level of hurling it's massive people don't really realise it and the quickness of the hurling and the time you have on the ball is very very different than you have when you're down in 2A but 
I think this is going to be a competitive match and I think if Carlos stay in the game early it'll be a competitive match of course I expect Dublin to win it but I don't think it's going to be the walkover that our pals in Paddy Power think it's going to be yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah, the, the, the difference here is that Carlo will be playing their first 15 hitting this hard Dublin might be experimenting a little bit so Carlo you know they, I think yeah. they absolutely will be competitive but we'd all fancy Dublin to win that the next one then lads on Sunday in Nolan Park is a huge one it's Kilkenny who are 6-5 to five and Cork who are 5-6 to six. so it looks like Cork are slight favourites for that one in Nolan Park which is a strange um, bet that I wouldn't agree with Cork are interesting lads they'll have Adding, Alan Cadigan back this year they've Stephen McDonald, the previous year's captain back a leader mm. maybe that's what Cork need a couple of leaders like that Aidan Walsh is back who's got loads of experience with the hurlers and the footballers he played midfield and wing back when he was there the last time a really strong runner Tim O'Mahony be a year older mm. he could solve the centre half back because he yeah. looked like a really good player and when you look at it lads there's well at least those three fellas anyway Caddick and Stephen McDonald, Aidan Walsh if they had those three lads against Limerick last year coming in off the bench instead of the lads that they did bring on and had to bring Seamus Harnady who was already injured yeah. back in like realistically lads Cork kind of like they had that game won and oh, then Limerick win it like Cork are no distance away from this like, oh I mean, god no like I should have said it was injuries last year against Limerick that killed them their whole half, half forward line who were really dominant throughout the game were decimated then you know like, Daniel Carney, yeah, Luke Mead and Seamus Harney all got, got injured decimated, like, and, and that, they had no bench no. Other, other than your man's go to Flynn he's yeah, good he yeah. came on mm. But it killed them, Wooly. Like, and, and if that happens to your team, so you know. So did Darovich come in. Absolutely. He got yeah. injured too, yeah. He'd yeah. been carrying an injury towards yeah. the end of it. And they were still so close, you know, mm. like to win. And so Cork are like a team really to keep an eye on. Again, when we talk about teams to win the All Ireland, they're definitely in the mix. And they've so, I think they have a really good panel this year. And you've named the lads there. Cadigan's the big one for me. He's just, when he's on his day, it's so hard to beat. He might struggle sometimes in the early stages of the league with the bad pitches and that. But once you get to the hard ground, he, he's so hard to stop. He's, he's very good in the air as well as as as, as a good stick man, you know. Is this fair fair to say then, Cheddar, that you wouldn't fancy Cork as much in the league in the hard ground with the fancy players they have, and you would fancy them more in the championship because they sit they're, they're they've backed up their monster win with another one. Like I mean, are they are they a championship sunny day? team no they definitely aren't <laughs> Woolly and if you want to say that I hate st- when you disagree <laughs> with each other if you want to say that to Stephen McDonald yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. welcome to bring it on um, no I don't think so uh, I do think though Woolly that they may not be going full on for the league and look look, when um, John Myler said that we're starting late in terms of their training programme that sort of tells you a c- couple of things here it's not that, they're, that it's not that a team will go in the liberty to lose matches but their focus may not be full on on every single match to go win the game it may be trying to fill a position or to reintegrate a player or something like that I think tr- three players you mentioned are interested and, and are interesting and Michael is right um, you know Alan Cunningham is a serious threat and was on his way to being a serious serious scoring forward that was very difficult to mark particularly the way the Cork play uh, the way Cork play and the way they open up space but Stephen, Stephen O'Donnell has proved or has proved Stephen McDonald has proved to be a really good man marker Aidan Welsh some, he's, you know, he's a real threat in the air so to bring mm. something different to the team it's not that you're bringing in like with like Aidan Welsh is not like Daniel Carney here or something like that you're bringing something different which is not dissimilar to what Limerick did in terms of the subs that they're bringing on so you could have went through all of the phases that Limerick play or Cork play in your preparation for the game and you've all angles covered and then somebody comes on who plays completely different uh, as Limerick did last year and you know you're sort of thrown out of your out of your stride then a little bit so Cork have some 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 things I do think though they do need to improve I, I think people are talking them up a little bit too much to be honest with you Willie. I genuinely don't think 
then they were very near it last year but would, would they have won the All-Ireland against Galway after that I'm not so sure I, I think they do need to improve whether these players will improve them or not or whether some young players coming through will improve them which you'd prefer to see um, it will be interesting I think they need to fix their half-back line I said it a number of times last year defensively they're, they're okay but going front foot at speed to get into the open spaces to be able to drill the precise pa- ball into the legs of Adam, Adam Carrigan needs to improve a little bit for me to, to really you know stamp them out as being all Ireland potential winners. Yeah, mm. Coleman, yeah. Coleman, Tim O'Matney, and Aidan Walsh. There's a half back line and two new players. But, anyways, listen, mm. we, we have to move on. Who are you going for here, lads? This is a toss up, really. Um, I'm going Cork. Cork and mm. you, Cheddar? I go for Kenny and Nolan Park. Okay, um, yeah, I'd probably agree with that one, Kilkenny and Nolan Park. Wexford, uh, Limerick. This is in Wexford Park at two o'clock. Now, this is the game on Sunday, so we'll talk plenty about this on Monday. So, I'll just get predictions off you here, lads, because we're, we're getting tight on time. Who do you fancy here? Limerick. Limerick are eight to thirteen. Wexford are thirteen to eight. Outsiders at home now. Limerick or Wexford beat them down there. I think it was was it last year? At the, no, two years. The year before that. Um, obviously, Limerick have improved since then. We're just struggling to see Wexford as contenders this year. To be honest, like uh, with with Davy struggling to come back and not like thinking about it. Why would he think about it if you had Toddy at a serious team there? You know, I just I know the lads might be doing everything that that's asked of them, and they might be a great bunch of lads. But I just don't think it's in the panel to win the All Ireland. I don't think they have the I don't see anyone new from last year coming in to say, oh, he's going to win the All-Ireland for us or be a great addition to the panel. Yeah, I'd be like that. So you're going for Limerick. What are you going for there, uh, I, I, I think I'd, I'd have to go with Limerick because generally speaking, the year after you come back from an All-Ireland, your first game, you carry over your performance from They're the not All-Ireland. long back from Mexico now, I have to find out before uh, you... I do not know, but... Uh, <laughs> training hard. Three weeks. Three <laughs> weeks. Oh, they probably train on yeah, holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even if you were there, um, I think you would perform on the day. You, you, just, you just carry over that sort of energy and momentum for you but I think that this league is massive for Davy. Um, you, you know Davy cannot afford to lose the first three or four matches in, in um, Wexford and then the natives getting restless and that and you know sort of little little belief in the whole model as such uh, pardon the pun on, on that word uh, seeping away a, a, a little bit so I think it's really really important for him I think he has um, Lee Mog McGovern back this year who I yeah. read highly mm-hmm. was a very dangerous type of forward and that but I just keep going back to Wexford that they really need to find no more in Dublin they really need to find that efficient forward that is you know a very very high uh, um, execution of, of chances created OK so you have two Limericks there and I'll go Wexford just to make sure somebody's <laughs> right Galway Leash Pierce Stadium lads we can't spend long on this again we'll talk about all the teams throughout the championship Galway 1-50 to Leash 11-1 to and we'll all have to say that we go for Galway here and we'll talk about these teams a little bit no, more No we won't <laughs> 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 Sorry now, bully, but um, I will never go against Leash regardless of what the uh, of, of what the odds are. You're <laughs> going to go for Leash well, against Galway away in Pierce Stadium. I don't care if it's in the Irish. You're letting the he- heart overrule the head. Bully, I don't care if it's in the Iron Islands. We'll go over and we'll battle them over there. <laughs> Okay, let's see, that's why Cheddar did I so well go. for Leash. You see, he's never going to lose a game. <laughs> you have Waterford then against Offaly in Semple Stadium. So Waterford don't get their home game. So they're 1 to, two, one to 20, Offaly are 9 to 1. I think it's fair to say we'll all go Waterford here yeah. without any objections from Cheddar on this one. <laughs> No Waterford. Uh, no Waterford. Have, yeah. okay. uh, have to take that one. Okay, great stuff. Then we have uh, National League Two A. We've Antrim against Kerry. We've Westmead against London, and we've Mayo against Mead. So there is still a bit of an interest in that. Joe Quaid is the Westmead manager. We'll talk to him over the course of the league. David Herity is in Two B with with Kildare. Mm. So there's plenty of interest in those lower leagues, and of course across the course of the league, we'll talk to managers and players um, from down the divisions as well. So that's it, lads. That's all we've time for. Who are we going to go to win the league? Who are we going to fancy before we leave? I'm going Claire. 
You're going with Clare to win the league. Um, I'll, Cheddar. I'll, I'll go with Kilkenny. Um, I think Brian over the years has went ball headed for every single championship he has been in um, I think he will get his team settled and use the league to do that but still go for the wins where I think some other managers may not do that yeah ok that's fair enough I'll throw in Cork into the mix because <laughs> Cheddar told me that they, they're not just summer hurlers they can hurl in the league as well so I'll <laughs> go for Cork alright that's all we've time for we'll be back on Monday um, with a review show as usual and we'll talk to you then good luck When I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.